Heavenly Father, we thank you for the greatness of your love and grace and mercy and goodness to us. Thank you for the wonderful privilege of working your word and blessing the hearts and lives of your wonderful people. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, please. Tonight I'd like to share with you on the subject of the words of this life. We could have all heard and believed what we heard in the manifestations. I wouldn't have to teach tonight. <laughs> it was all covered in the manifestations. The book of Acts is the history of the rise and the expansion of the Christian church. Every time I read and study it, I always stand in utter amazement of the greatness of the revelation in that book. How little they knew, but how much they did. The vital experience of receiving God's gift of Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues just electrified all of their actions. In comparison, I see in so-called religious Christianity how much we know, but how little we do. Apparently, the greatness of the new birth and the receiving of Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues does not do as much for us as it did for the original apostles and disciples. It fails to have the great significance for us as it did for them. They were fearless, they were bold, and they shared everything above their need. And everywhere where they went, they preached the word. In comparison, our day of watered-down, diluted, Religious Christianity has made born-again Christians like toys in the hands of the adversary. We have been crippled by an inferiority complex and thus become failures and condemned in our own sight. Literally, the forgotten man of Christianity today is the born-again Christian. He lacks knowledge and understanding of the Word. He listens to, reads, believes the words of the religious radio, television, and publications, rather than the words of the word. By comparison, Acts 5 is a fantastic revelation. It is really mind-expanding. Ananias and Sapphira had lied to the apostles. 
Satan had filled their hearts to lie to the Holy Ghost, which is to God. Because when they lied to Peter, they lied to God. In Acts chapter 5, verse 1, we read, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, a singular. And he kept back, verse 2, kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy as conscious of it, knowledgeable of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3, But Peter said unto Ananias, Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back of the price of the land? Whiles it remained, was it not your, thine own, your own? And even after you sold it, class, see that? After it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto whom? God. Verse 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he died. And great fear, great reverence, great respect came on all them that heard. God did not kill Ananias, nor did Peter. But isn't it remarkable, the revelation Peter had, and that all this was so timely, so synchronized and meshed exactly with God's foreknowledge, knowing that Satan would destroy both Ananias and Sapphira. Look at verse 6. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Verse 7. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answering answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye had agreed together to tempt the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the text, tempt God. Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then she, then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Verse 11. And great fear, reverence, respect came upon all the church and upon as many as heard. This happening caused no small stir among the believers. But, in contrast, it literally stirred up the ire and indignation of the religious leaders, the members of the Sanhedrin, the body of seven that ruled Judaism. Look at verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, and were, what? Filled with indignation. They were really teed off.
the religious leaders of the Sanhedrin said, just think of this brainwashing this new sect is doing. Peter getting all that property of Ananias and Sapphira and all that money for himself. And they're growing by leaps and bounds. We've got to stop it before it gets out of control. That's why verse 18 says, and laid hands on the apostles. These are the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin. Laid hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. The word common is in the public prison. It may be of interest to note historically that the pu public prisons were never cleaned out. So men were thrown in there. They had to stand in the excretion of others and water that would run in when it would rain. And that's where the cast The record in the Word of God following the death of Ananias and Sapphira states in verse 12 and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all with one accord unity of purpose in Solomon's porch and of the rest there's no man join himself to them but the people magnified them and the believers. Were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes both of men and women. Verse 15. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. And laid them on beds and couches. That at the least the shadow of Peter passing by. Might overshadow some of them. There came also, there came also a multitude, a multitude also out of the cities round about under Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. The born again believers class, acting and believing in God, Cause God to act. Verse 19. The angel, but the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is Gabriel here. The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison door and brought them forth. The angel Gabriel of the Lord. The word Lord is the word Jehovah. And Reverend Martindale this morning in the 1030 Fellowship again explained that. God as Elohim is a creator. God as Jehovah is the creator, it creator in relationship to those or that which he has created. And here it's Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, to, to that which God had created in them on the day of Pentecost. He came by night and he opened the prison doors and brought them forth.
And he said, verse 20, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. He said, go. That's always the first criteria, is to act. To go is to act. The street light is green. Secondly, he said, stand. Don't knuckle under. The criticism that was coming and all the accusations, since knowledge-wise, it would have been easy just to knuckle under. So don't knuckle under and don't be afraid. But he said, speak. Look at that again. Go stand and speak in the temple. In the temple is the place where the people were collected. All the words of this life. In other words, go take it to the people. Speak it to the people. This to me is the beginning of word over the world. You go, you stand, you don't knuckle under. And you don't get full of fear. And you speak to the people. Words of what? This life. Words of this life. Speak to the people. Words of this life. And the word life is zoe means speak to the people about eternal life that has come. It interested me too that this angel was the one that spoke to the apostles because in 2 Timothy 1.19 it says that we have a sure, a more sure word of prophecy than just an angel speaking. We have even a more Sure word of prophecy. But he said, go speak to the people all the words of this life. Now look at verse 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. That must have been a shock. Then went the captain of the temple with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, the multitudes of believers, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the consul, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we command you, straightly command you, that you should not teach in this name, and behold, you filled Jerusalem with all doc your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew, and the word slew is laid hands on whom ye slew 
because they didn't slew him, they didn't slay him and then hang him. They laid hands on him, put him in prison and kept him, and then they hanged him on a tree. Verse 31. Him hath God exalted to his right hand to be a prince and savior or to give repentance to Israel and remission of sins, not forgiveness. Remission of sins is for the unsaved sinners. Forgiveness of sins is for the saved sinners. Verse 32. And we are witnesses of these words, things as words, logos. And so it's also the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Verse 33. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart, and they took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the counsel of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, held in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For behold, these days rose up, for behold, before these days rose up Thoidus, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about four hundred, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Verse 38, And now I say unto you, Refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to what? Not. But, verse 39, if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. Verse 40, and to him, Gamaliel, they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and given them thirty-nine whips with the lashes with the whip, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And they departed from the presence of the consul, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach what? Jesus Christ. Again in verse 20, class. Go stand, speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple. The word of the angel to them was the will of God. You and I have the written record of the revealed word of all the church epistles. That has to be the word of God to us. They did not hesitate. They did exactly what the angel said. They entered in the temple early in the morning. And the word early is the word daybreak. They were there for the first hour of prayer. 
They started teaching at the first hour of prayer and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and they then had some more problems. But they obeyed what the angel said. They went forth, they stood, they spoke in the temple all the words of this life. The words of this life is a new order of grace. What they spoke was the new order of grace. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Eternal life. A new nature in First Peter. I want you to look this up. Chapter 1. Hebrews, James, First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and defiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through believing unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time at the return. And also Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious what? Promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, God's divine nature, partakers. The words of this life is that new order of grace, Christ in you, eternal life, a new nature, divine nature, God's nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your believing virtue and to your virtue knowledge, verse 6, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience, godliness. Spiritual relationship with God, not religion. Verse 7. And to this spiritual relationship with God, godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren, useless, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his own old sins. The words of this life are so astoundingly real and so tremendous that most of us forget what a difference God has made in our lives by giving us his nature, by giving us eternal life, by giving us Christ in us, the hope of glory. The words of this life are 
eternal. This was something new. Previously, they had been acclimatized to words of defeat and death, but after the day of Pentecost, here were words of life, not words of defeat or death, but words of life. In Leviticus chapter 17, Leviticus 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement. The word atonement is a covering. To make a covering and atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. A covering for the soul. This was Old Testament servants who loved God. But for those on the day of Pentecost and today who have the words of this life, it is no longer an atonement, no longer a covering. I want to show you this from Hebrews. Chapter 9, verse 9, which was a figure of the time present, or the present time, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices. It's talking about what I just read to you from Leviticus that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, his habit pattern. Verse 14. We all better read 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of his building, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained what? Eternal redemption for us. It's no longer just a covering, it is a redemption. 4, verse 13, that the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. Verse 14, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In the Old Testament for the servants of God, the atonement was just a covering. But for those of us for the words of this life, it is no longer a covering, it is a complete cleansing, because we have a new nature. Having a new nature, we have a new potential to love, a new potential to give, for we have the nature of God in Christ, in us, the hope of glory. Look at chapter 10. 
verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very reality, image, the very truth of the things that can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then, verse 2, would they have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more consciousness of sin. What a tremendous truth. The law, the covering of the Old Testament could not purge them so they no longer had a consciousness of sin. But the words of this life, the new order of grace, Christ in you, eternal life, a new nature, is that you no longer even have a consciousness of sin. It's an internal cleansing, not an external covering. Look at verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, of believing, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What a fantastic truth, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. There is no consciousness of sin left we are not servants of God. We are sons of God. We are not men and women defeated, but we are men and women who are more than conquerors, who have more than an abundant life. Look at verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke one another, to encourage one another unto love and to good works. In 1 John, the epistle, chapter 1. Look at this great record. Verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, with God, through his Son, Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all broken fellowship. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, our broken fellowship, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that again we have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. People the days and times of failure are past. We are no longer failures in our own sight. We're no longer toys in the hand of the enemy. No longer crippled by our inferiority complex. We are sons and daughters of God's love. We are a new genus. God created. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10. For we are his, what? We are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that 
we should walk in them. Look at chapter 4 of Ephesians. Verse 24. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We are strong and vigorous believers as we act upon his word in his righteousness that he has so graciously given us. And people, this at least in part is that which is included in the word go, stand, speak all the words of this life. Father, I thank you for the joyful privilege of serving you. Thank you for being able to share the words of this life with your wonderful people here this night. And thank you for making this word so living and real and that all of us will know that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our living Lord and our Savior. Amen. God bless. 